0: It's the Euros Digest here on Football Digest. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Looking back on when we first met, an England manager with his own terrace charm, then recovered and re-released, a manager for the people, unifying a nation. And today we're talking all things Gareth Southgate, the job he inherited, the job he's carrying out, and if football is coming home again. Here to do that, we have the MEN's Manchester United writer, Dominic Booth, and football. London's West Ham correspondent Tom Clark. Tom, I'll come to you first up because, as we were talking just before we started recording, you were there on Wednesday at Wembley for the semi-final with Denmark. Have you have you come back down to earth yet?
1: No, not really. It's uh, it was amazing. I was lucky enough to be at the Germany one as well, and just. I, I have never known atmospheres like it. I've you know been to football all over the world. I've I've been to England games. I've you know Euro twenty twelve, seeing them lose on penalties uh, to to Italy over there, and how you know depressing and disappointing it all is. And there's yeah there's there's been nothing like uh, the the days at Wembley. They are just uh, they, they've been been incredible, I have to say. And the atmosphere just I think there's also that of not being around people for so long as well. There's all of that combined, and it's just. Just, just buzzing, and you can, you know, I mean, it, it just, just still brings a smile to my face just thinking about it.
0: It's one of those things I think about, Dominic. When kind of the whole tournament, um, how it's been mapped out and been across Europe, and a lot of people unhappy about that. But at the end of the day, the tournament would have had to have been sort of staged in one country. And, and if de facto we're saying it is England because we've got the semi finals and the final England have played all of their group matches at home, I don't kind of know always what the fuss is but we have in this tournament really since Wembley was rebuilt really seen it sort of burst into life.
2: Yeah I, I mean what Tom said there is absolutely true I've never seen I've not been to these games but I've never seen Wembley like what it's been in these last few games It's it's been unbelievable and and like you say we did know that this was the format of this tournament and England did see that as an advantage and there's nothing wrong with that you know every every tournament has to be hosted by somebody uh, and this in effect, it has been hosted by England. England played all their games apart from one at Wembley. The crowds have got bigger and bigger, not just because of, of excitement growing in the country, but that because of what sort of the actual rules have allowed. So it sort of allowed it also organically to grow throughout the tournament and the support and the, the hype to build. So it's been brilliant to see, even from the outside. And England have used that to their advantage. And And why the hell not?
0: Yeah, definitely, uh, Tom. Let's let's talk about Gareth Southgate then, and becoming England manager. And it, it all started really off the back of a a failed Euro twenty sixteen campaign. Sam Allardyce came in, lasted, of course, just just one match. But when he inherited the job, I, I don't think you would have found many Englander fan. A probably all too pleased that he'd actually taken the job on from being the under twenty one manager. And secondly, in five years' time, at the next Euros, have England in the final.
1: No, oh, it's one of those. Uh sliding doors moments isn't it what what if big sam hadn't have ordered a pint of white wine Eh? what, what <laughs> might have happened then it's uh yeah that's that's one for uh for a long read isn't it from somebody is to, to see the alternative england history um you know of course when southgate took home, i mean it, it was like he wasn't even sure he wanted the job i mean he 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 didn't didn't put his hat in the ring you know his his name in the hat you know straight away did he and it's uh of those it's maybe it's uh it's, it's it's for the best that it's you know the best politicians they say are people who don't want to be a politician so maybe the best football managers are the ones who aren't quite quite sure that they uh that they want to do it and he 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 was doing a very good job with the under-21s he was a coach he's clearly you know he's, he's got a relationship with the players his man management skills is second to none and it's uh chalk and cheese from what's come before and and i mean yeah five years who who could possibly have seen seeing this growth I, I saw a picture of the um the england lineup for the uh i think it was the slovakia or apologies it might be slovenia game in euro 2016 and the the team between now and then you look at the players who played okay that was kind of the second 11 of the squad but look at the squad depth we've got now and it is it is so different so southgate's done an amazing job as well but the the players that he's got to choose from has the pool has grown, and the strength in depth is something we haven't had for such a long time. You think of the players that he's he's got to call upon, the ones that he has on the bench, or I mean, even just the players who haven't made the squad as well. Some of the the right backs he's got to choose from, we we are absolutely blessed with with some phenomenal footballers. But he has he has molded them into a, into such an incredible team and, and squad, and the atmosphere he's built, and he deserves all the plaudits he's getting right now.
0: Yeah, that was the thing for me when he came in, Dominic. I wasn't too sure if this was going to be the best coach to get out of what seemed to be an exciting next generation of English talent. Of course, it was sort of within the year of, of Southgate taking the job on the the under 20s won the world cup the under 17s as well tasted success as well and i wasn't quite sure if this was going to be the guy to do it but at the end of the day he's been in the building nurturing and helping see these guys develop because albeit he was under 21 boss, he was also sort of overlooking the rest of the age groups
2: yeah and you can have all the talent in the world but england has seen in the past that it doesn't necessarily translate to success at senior level in international tournaments you know think of that golden generation the Beckham, Skulls, Lampard, Gerrard generation, you know, that they didn't win anything and, and they were highly rated from being a very young age. They didn't really have the right manager. They didn't have a manager who was brave enough to to drop some of them for the sake of the system and for the sake of the team. You know, Svenger and Erickson famously shoehorning all four into into a midfield and playing Skulls on the left. And we look back now and I don't think Southgate would have done that. You know, he, he's 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 got the bravery to leave out these big talents. Um He's got the relationship with them that I think that he's honed from from knowing lots of them in the, in the youth system and, and growing up with them almost. He's grown up as a coach as they've grown up as players. So that allows him to then have a relationship where he can say, listen, I'm going to leave you out here for this reason. And they all seem to respect his leadership. That, that's a key thing about Southgate as well. He does seem to just command that respect. He may not have the glittering coaching CV of, of managers of yesteryear but he does seem to just command respect and he's got full sort of vindication from every decision that he makes and he sees that that through to the end and I think the players uh, have responded to that for for a long time now.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, the exact sort of right phrase. He commands that respect, doesn't he? Albeit he didn't have a great sort of tenure maybe at Middlesbrough, but he's come into this job. He's made it his own, Tom. And I can't remember the last England manager who had a chant about them and then the initial artists re-releasing a song because of it. I mean, since Wednesday, I think we've all had three lines or Southgate and football coming home again, sort of whirling around our brains. But it, it does just sort of go to underline, doesn't it? The the way in which he, he's made us, as England football fans, fall back in love with the team
1: absolutely he's done wonders for atomic kittens career as well so uh yeah not only is he sorting out the england football team he's sorting out some yeah some pop stars as well but, um, and it's just people just like him he's just a good man isn't he he's just a decent nice honest bloke who's who's a leader and i think gary neville said it in the um in the studio after the game or at the stadium after the game. He's just, you know, we've been lacking good leaders in this country recently, and he's clearly one of them. And he's just, he's just a nice person. He just comes across so well. And, you know, he, he clearly carries, you know, his, his things with nine from 96 around with him. And then, um, you know, but, but his teammates from then, you know, Shearer, uh, David Seaman, they've come out and said, he's got nothing to apologize. He, for he stood up, he, you know, he, he didn't do it on purpose. And, you He's just a nice bloke and it, he's just kind of got everybody got everybody together and he's got everyone behind him. And yeah, good on him and good luck to him and hope he can. you know, even if we don't win on Sunday, he's clearly proven that he is the right man to be in charge of this football team right now.
0: Yeah, the most endearing thing for me, Dominic, is the way in which, and we we saw it on Wednesday, the full-time whistle goes, he goes to the, the fans behind the goal. He's giving it some, he obviously did it in Russia as well after the, the Columbia penalty shootout, and he's really getting involved in the celebrations. And then he goes and stands in front of Gabriel Clark for ITV. He gets asked the hard questions of, are you getting excited? And he immediately just brings it straight back down. And he's very mellow again. And you can see within him, he's wanting to be excited, but he knows he has to sort of exude that calmness.
2: He's so intelligent that he knows that that's an important message to send to his players. You know, I was a little bit worried. and When they were singing Sweet Caroline around each other's arms on the pitch at the end, I was thinking, we haven't won yet. You know, we haven't won this thing. I'm excited as anyone that we have got to a final and it's completely uncharted territory for, for all of us. And, you know, it's it's fantastic to sort of just bask in this daydream. But I think Southgate, like you say, he's drawn into that as well. And, and he said, I think he was asked, um, are there going to be any celebrations tonight? And he, I think he just went, well, they've just had them, you know. And he does want to sort of just exude that calmness, like I said before, just reinforce that message that, You know we can actually go a step further here. He believes that, and and he sort of he understands that England have got carried away in the past when they've reached these you know last last eight, last four competitions. They thought that they've made it, and then they've they've fallen at the final hurdle. So I think it's just it's just an absolute testament to to how intelligent he is and and his composure. You know, I think we equalised uh, against Denmark and he barely celebrated. It was just a little fist pump. The rest of the country was going absolutely out of their minds. But again, that's what you need from a figurehead manager that Southgate is. You know, he, I think 50-60% of his job is just being composed and being calm. And, and everyone looks to him and thinks,
0: well, if he's calm, then there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, he's proven himself as well, Tom, to be a a canny tactician as well, changing from three at the back to four, playing those different blends of attacking options and really using the full depth of the squad that you were referencing before. But for me, I think that the, the most, his biggest attribute maybe as a manager is the psychological side of things in terms of even ahead of the Germany game. We're going into that match and he's saying, don't be getting too carried away. We've never won a knockout game at the Euros inside 90 minutes. We've now gone and done it Three to well, twice, and then we've beaten Denmark in, in extra time as well. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the final. But it is that whole we're not burdened by the past, and he more than anyone with Euro 96 and everything hanging over him. But he's been able to just calmly get these messages across that actually, when we come up against a top nation, we don't need to fear, we can look at ourselves and our strengths and play to those.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the detail that he goes into it's it, I mean. It's clear to, to see, and it's just you know he he talks to other managers, he talks to people like Eddie Jones of, of, of the rugby, and he's he's gone to the cricket team and spoken with Owen Morgan, the captain of the of the ODI side as well, and gone you know seen about their experiences. I mean, these are guys who've who've won World Cups in their own sports, or you know, and Eddie Jones did it as, a, as an assistant manager with South Africa in rugby, and and he's learning from the best, and he's you know swapping information with them and t- giving them what his you know his experiences are, and he just he just he clearly is a details man and maybe steve holland does a bit more of the on-field coaching in the training sessions and southgate has more of an an overseeing role but like you say it the psychological aspect he, he just covers every single bit he doesn't leave things to chance people talk about penalty shootouts being a lottery well he knows that they're not you know he's he's been there and he so so when we were preparing for for the last world cup and the the columbia game obviously the team could not have been any better prepared if they tried, and I spoke to um to Stuart Pearce a couple of weeks ago, and it was just before the Germany game, and I asked him about the the penalties, and it's one of those things like, oh God, I'm going to have to ask Stuart Pearce about the penalties. Of course, I do. I'm speaking to him a day before England play Germany. I have to bring it up, and he just said, look, there's there is going to be nobody more prepared for this than Gareth Southgate. You know, he he knows what it's like, and. He also knows what that redemption is like. Stuart Pearce obviously did with, with the uh, Spain in Euro 96 and Southgate through the management side. And it is it is those things. You learn from those mistakes. And, and you know, as, as long as you're learning from your mistakes, then you're doing your job. And Southgate is doing a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, he, he certainly is. And Dominic, it, Gary Neville was speaking pre match ahead of the Denmark game, talking about sort of why this is such a brilliant fit. Of course, he was part of the, the last regime. At England, albeit sort of, we'll, we'll scoot over the one game Big Sam had, but part of sort of Roy Hodgson's backroom staff, and, and sort of said Southgate and Steve Holland would be in meetings, and you could see how much they were built for international management. Now, there's been rumours in the past of, about Manchester United, the club you cover, that he may well be on a list of candidates eventually to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But do you just think he, he is the kind of guy who is ideally built for international football? It's very different to club football. But that time for preparation and planning seems to suit him down to the ground.
2: Yeah, and I do think it, it's more of a politician's role in a way than than a you know, real meticulous tactical manager like someone like a Jose Mourinho maybe wouldn't be suited to, to international football and then also suited to club football. Well, Southgate seems the other way around because of how he carries himself and because of how he manages people. And I think that's more important than tactics. Although, like we've said, Southgate has got a lot right tactically in this tournament especially. And I think he did in last World Cup actually as well. He sort of, he moulded that England team To the best of its capabilities really in a fairly limited squad and obviously carried them to the semi-finals which was a massive overachievement no matter about the disappointment in the end of losing to Croatia. so i think that southgate is suited to it and i can't particularly see him going into club management and i just think this role is built for him you know i think he can carry on and on and on as long as this england team keeps performing as long as we keep producing the talent which it looks like we will. There's an endless stream of young players coming through the ranks that Southgate seems perfectly set to nurture through into the senior side. So there's no reason why he shouldn't continue in international football management. Uh, There's been plenty of big names from from the club world who've come into into the England job and completely fallen flat on their face. Uh, So it just proves what this job takes and It wasn't what everybody thought it took, was it, really? Everyone thought you needed that big name, like a Capello or somebody like that. But, um, yeah, it's just this mild-mannered guy who used to manage Middlesbrough. It's crazy, really.
0: One thing that that gets me as well, Tom, through the course of, of this tournament as well is that there's been the talk of an extension to his contract through to the next Euros in 2024 in Germany. Of course, we've spoken about redemption. That really would be the ultimate redemption for, for Southgate out there. But he, he sort of immediately kind of pushed that back and said, well, we'll deal with that after the tournament. It seems to be so un-England-like. We normally go into these tournaments knowing that, the sort of dartboards on the back of the manager already, and he's, he's, he's there for the, the chop as soon as the tournament finishes. A lot of the time, we've gone into tournaments knowing who the next manager is going to be. Yet this time, we're talking about an extension partway through a tournament.
1: Yeah, it was. it's one of those odd things. Like Why, Why as the FA, would you offer your manager a new contract just before a tournament in case he falls flat on his face? But with it's, on, it, it's just, you know, because he... That he clearly they've just got trust in him. And so why not offer him? Because they know no matter what happened, they want this guy to carry on. I mean, it was uh '96, wasn't it, when Terry Venables knew that he was going to be replaced. And you had Glenn Hoddle in the TV studio who was who was going to be replacing him, you know, doing doing the analysis of the game, which looking back now seems seems a little bit odd. But, you know, there's clearly just faith in Southgate. The players love him, the country loves him. So, I mean. Let's not have any distractions. Let's not have the talk of it now. If, if you're Southgate, you know that you've got everyone behind you. So you just say, you know what? Park it. We'll sort it out after the tournament. And and yeah, he's, as as Dominic said, he's just, he's so suited to this group of players and this job right now that we wouldn't want anybody else in charge. And, and there's the other questions like, if not Southgate, who, who, who would we have? Who would we want as England manager right now? Anyway, who's available? Who would leave their club or really... Which, which person could do a better job than Gareth Southgate right now? And I don't think there is anyone.
0: No, it's a thankless task though, isn't it, Dominic? Being the England manager and having to put together all of these players and everything, because for me, no matter what Gareth Southgate puts on, on sort of the team sheet, because he was a defender, because he's naturally, supposedly cautious, I, I actually think England do go for games and do throw on attacking players. But he is always deemed to be cautious, to be negative, to be defensive. And yet, through this tournament, that's exactly what has worked for, for England. Yeah, and I go back to the point
2: I made earlier about shoehorning all the star names into the squad, which is what previous team did, or shoehorning more into the first team, I should say. And that's what Southgate hasn't done. It's always been the system comes first, the team comes first, and he's played it pragmatically in every game. You know, playing five at the back against Germany was completely the right thing to do. And it meant that he had to leave out Mason Mount, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish, three of the most creative players that this country's produced in a long time. But it was the right thing to do in the game. And then he brought Grealish on at the right time. Like you say, Guy, he bring, he does bring attacking players off the bench and he does look to impact games. But he looks to do it from a solid base, which is what tournament football is all about. You know, Portugal winning the last Euros in 2016 were not an aesthetically pleasing side. They were very defensive dower sort of team that that pride itself on the solid base at the back with with two very experienced center backs southgate has clearly studied these tournament winning teams he's t- he's clearly done his homework he, he knows what is required to win a tournament and england haven't known that in the past you know we we've just we've gone into it thinking well we'll play all our best players and they should be good enough to win and then people have asked well why aren't they working together where's the where's the chemistry and where's the harmony in the squad and that's just completely different this time around you know even if we don't win the final on Sunday. It's been um, a tournament performance for the ages, really, from England, just completely setting aside what's gone before. Um, I do think a lot of that does come down to Southgate and the players, in fairness. I think the players deserve a look, a lot of credit for buying into to this regime and, and completely giving their all after what's been a very gruelling and, and difficult season with all the circumstances that
0: the Premier League's been coping with as well. Has that point been underlined, Tom? I suppose with the emergence of, of the the midfield axis of of Rice and Phillips? Because when they were first paired together in the autumn against Denmark in the Nations League, everybody was pulling their hair out. For me, what's left of it, thinking, what are these two doing together, Leeds and West Ham United midfielders, being the England partnership at the heart of a midfield? And yet in this tournament, the two of them have started every game and they're just growing and growing into the tournament. Yeah, the,
1: the complaints were all about, oh, we don't need two holders, you know, put... Put Mount in there with with Rice, and then play Foden in front of them, or play Henderson and and Mount, or Henderson and Foden in the middle, and then three more going forward. And it's just because you've got all these attacking, creative players doesn't mean you can shoehorn them all in. And I mean, for the for the sanity of the man who was sat in front of me at Wembley, I told him that Grealish was injured when he came off at halftime in extra time because he was he was going absolutely nuts. That and was like, man, have a have a bit of faith. Like it, it, it's we're 2-1 up we are we're in control of this game and this man has taken us to to the semi-final and it looks like he's taken us to the final just just have a bit of faith just because you know he's your favorite footballer doesn't mean he needs to be in the England team and I think a lot of fans are are like that and and do just want they you know they want to see all of our creative players on the pitch but Southgate just has he's done his research he's seen that you you don't Tend to win unless you're Brazil 1970. You don't really seem seem to go out there with you know all these incredible players. You have to build a system. And he's seen Rice and Phillips. And maybe had Henderson not got injured, it would have been, you know, Rice and Henderson or Phillips and Henderson. But he's he's seen these two guys as the way to control that midfield. And it's that's gonna be really it's gonna be key against Italy when you've got the likes of Jorginho and, and Verratti and one thing um, that Spain did well, actually, was was to stop Verratti getting on the ball, and Verratti was substituted in the end. But, you know, we, we're not the only team to do this. Um, Mancini has has looked at his squad, and yeah, OK, he's got, you know, Chiellini, Bonucci, Chiesa from, from Juventus, but he's also picked players from Sassuolo. You know, Atalanta, who, of course, are a, a Champions League team, but, you know, they're not they're not you know, a giant, they're not an Inter, they're not a Juve. And Mancini's done it as well. And he's picked the players that he thinks are best for his system and are best to get Italy to the final. And Southgate has done the exact same thing and should be applauded for it
0: and he's learned the lessons hasn't he from Russia in in this tournament dominic you were saying it'll be it will end up going down as a a tournament for the ages for england and it will because we've reached the final now and we'll have to look, to wait and see what happens on, on sunday but it's been done the manner of it, the approach to the tournament it's been built off that solid base and defensively we know how strong england have been with the clean sheets but in terms of the actual match play, it's been all about that controller. I, I think I must have gone back yesterday and twenty times. watched the last two minutes of extra time, and just I, I couldn't believe it when it was happening. I still can't now. That two minutes away from reaching a, a final of the Euros, England, albeit yeah Denmark, were down to ten men. Just keep the ball for two minutes. Olay's ringing around Wembley. It was it was unbelievable. But that has been sort of the recipe for getting England to where they've got to.
2: Yeah, and. You get drawn in as a fan, don't you? you, you, you you're thinking, "Go for another goal." You've got, you've got try and wrap this up three-one, but they didn't think like that. And it, it it's crazy that an England team can be that mature and composed in, in such a a scenario. But fifty odd passes was it in the last few minutes of extra time, just stroking it around. And actually, they did actually then work a potential goal scoring opportunity, and Sterling might have scored, but. Yeah, I think that's um, that was a remarkable passage of play and it shows how far that England have come and we said it before about Southgate wanting to create his own history with this team and I think this can be a template template for future performances in tournaments for England that there's nothing to be scared of and that you, if you do apply yourself and if you do keep a level head and you forget about that history and anything that's gone before then you, you can achieve things and I think that's a that's a really important uh, marker to put down in the ground, really, for for England performances going forward, and and hopefully now we don't carry that burden of, of failure with us into the future World Cups and European Championships, because like Southgate's always said, you know, we we don't win knockout games, we don't get far in tournaments, we get to the quarterfinals at best, uh, and this is a this is about doing something different now, and and this is hopefully a positive legacy from a tournament rather than all those horrible <laughs> failures and, and agony agony that we've had to to go through as fans.
0: Yeah, because we've always in the past, Tom, had sort of that, that lion-hearted sort of grit determination, that passion that maybe on the continent we're probably laughed at a bit for losing our composure at the key moments. But, but now it is sort of that calculation that we have. And maybe after all, Greg Dyke was right when he said 2022 was the target. I'm sure he foresaw all of this unfolding
1: yeah i mean it, it, it's it's control it is control and it's I, I said it to one of my friends during the game and sent him a message he was you know he was panicking and i just said chill we, we, we've, we've got this we are the better team here we are in control and it, despite you know the the fevered atmosphere there and it was and it was incredible but that was in the stands the players i mean and you see them after the game yeah they they led all out i mean declan rice was was really over with the fans like giving it the big one but the the control and the calmness and the composure that they had, and when when the LA started coming out, I was, I was thinking like, no, it's too soon, this is too soon, we can't do we can't do this. And then after about thirty passes of it, you're like, ah, yeah, go on then, I'll get involved as well. And then and then uh, I think it ended with just Calvin Phillips passing the ball out of the play, but then and then instantly your, your mind is like, oh god, they've got the ball back now, they're gonna you know, they're gonna give a free kick away, they're gonna launch it in the box or something. But the players they have a different mindset to us, you know. Obviously, we're we're not technically good enough to to be doing their job anyway. But they also have different a different psychology to to the way that us normal people work as well. And and they they could keep the ball. And they the crowd were urging Kane and Sterling, who both got the balls in the channel during that passing move. They were urging them to go in and just just have a shot from from a silly angle, give the ball away. Denmark have a, have a goal kick, and they launch it upfield. And they stick care up front, and and they're on the attack, but. But they were like, no, no, we're going to turn around, we're going to pass it all the way back to Pickford, and we're going to work it all the way around the other side. And it was, um yeah, it was, it was special to watch. And I think, like, like you've said before, Southgate has looked at, you know, how you win tournaments, and you don't do that by just playing gung ho. You play that by playing controlled football. And uh, we might see a very different England against Italy because you know Italy will possibly have more of the ball if you know if if they get Georgino and verati the ball and. But I'm sure Southgate is well aware of that and he will have a different game plan for this game to the ones that he's that we've had before and got full faith in him. And even if we don't win, it's been an incredible tournament and he should be rightly celebrated for the job he's done.
0: Yeah, composure, control and trust. I think those are the, the key themes to come out of. Sort of our feelings certainly towards Gareth Southgate. Two days out from the final, I can let you guys into a secret that I will be a nervous wreck come Sunday. The players, I'm assured, won't because they have that composure that I certainly lack. But that's it from us for today's edition of the Euro Digest. From myself, Guy Clark, Dominic Booth and Tom Clark, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now.